Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. All right. You have your words today? All right. Let's open up our Bibles to Romans. We're going to go to the book of Romans chapter 7 to begin with. We'll jump over into Galatians for a moment, Galatians 5, and then we'll come back to Romans and we'll pick up in chapter 8. And today we're going to be talking about how we can defeat the flesh, defeating the flesh. This is the third part in our three-part series. The first part was called the Trinity. And we talked about a holy trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We also talked about the fact that there was an unholy trinity. There was the beast, which we know is the Antichrist in the book, uh, uh, in, in, in the book of First and Second John, in the book of Revelation, it's called the beast. And there's the false prophet as well. Uh, and and uh, the head of all those is the devil, okay? The devil, uh, he hates us. He doesn't like you. He wants to divide and separate you from your family, your friends, from your community. He wants to separate you any way he can. He'll separate you politically, racially, economically. He'll separate you on the age and stage of life. He'll separate you on whether you like the Astros or the Phillies. He'll do anything he can. He'll do anything he can to separate you, Okay? That's his goal. That's his only desire. And so there's a holy trinity, an unholy trinity. And the first Sunday we also learned that there is a triune man. God made us in his image. And so the second part, we talked about the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist. This spirit that, that uh, you know, we, we, we know him uh, as, as, as the serpent, the dragon, <laughs> the devil, you know, that unholy spirit that, that does his best to fill uh, the earth with evil and wickedness. And, and, you know, he hates. He hates everything and everyone. He hates children. He hates God. He hates angels. He even hates his own angels, no doubt. I mean, he probably hates himself. And if he can, he'll get you to hate yourself. He'll do everything he can, this spirit of the Antichrist, and, and uh, uh, trying to destroy everything that's going on in the world. And one of the things he was able to do, to do, this spirit of the Antichrist, the devil, the serpent, that old dragon, he was able to separate you from God. He did it. He did it whenever he spoke to Eve, finally tempted her to the place to where she believed it was best for her to sin. She believed it was best for her to disobey God. She believed she was not a bad person. She was a good person. Good people don't always do the best. She was made in the image of God. She was made by the hand of God. She was made and she was the perfect woman. She had been made by God to be the mother of all living. And she made a big mistake. She believed what the devil enticed her to imagine. That she could be better off if she was to do something that God didn't approve of. And when she did, and she influenced her husband, something happened. The Bible says that in the day that you eat thereof, you will die. But yet we know, Genesis 5-5, says that Adam lived to be 905 years old. Well, his body did. You know? 
the Bible says that God created man. He formed him from the dust of the ground. That's his body. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the Holy Spirit. And man became a living soul. Now, since then, living souls, every soul that is born is born to live forever. And you live with or without God forever. Okay? We call it the proverbial uh, heaven and hell. But heaven is a temporary place and hell is a temporary place. Heaven will one day, you know, give up its inhabitants and we will inhabit a new earth, okay? And hell will be cast along with death and the devil into the lake of fire, okay? So we call heaven and hell basically our eternities, which is okay. But, you know, uh, they are temporary places that, that the souls of men go awaiting judgment or awaiting eternity, eternal bliss. Now... Uh, what happened whenever Eve took of the forbidden fruit and gave it to her husband, they died immediately. Not a body death, but a spirit death. And what they were left with is not the spark of God's life. Adam could no longer pass eternal life our God life, our spiritual life, onto his descendants. All he could give his sons, Abel and Cain, all he could give them was soulish life, the life of the soul. They had a body, they were a soul, but the only life they had was a soulish life, a human life, a human nature. And since Adam and Eve sinned, people are born only with a human nature, not with a God nature. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. You cannot inherit eternal life. You cannot inherit the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Born not of the, of the water, not of the womb, because that's a human nature, but rather born again of the Spirit to end up with the Holy Spirit back in your life, with the Spirit of God, with that spark of eternal life, instead of with just a living soul. Okay, You see, the first man, Adam, was made a living individual. But Jesus was made a life-giving soul okay there's a difference in that when you were born you were born without god i don't know how to say it a godless soul and i believe that the bible gives us every reason to understand that children up to an age of accountability are covered by god and i don't know what he does in heaven with them but they are covered and and i i believe that eternity is filled with children okay uh however when you get to the place where it becomes your responsibility, when your choice, you have to choose whether you are going to be born again or if you're going to live out your earthly life as a living soul with only the life of the soul as your spark of life. It will not endure through eternity. That spark of life 
that, that causes a person when they're born, the life that comes when a person is born is what we understand in the Word of God is flesh. Okay? It's the flesh. The Bible, we talked about it in, in part two, that the flesh is that life force without God. The Spirit is the life force of God. And we are, when we are born, we are born into sin. Okay? This is something that we have laid in, in, in part one and part two of this series. It is a, it, it, it is a general uh, knowledge of born-again Christians and evangelical experienced churches that when you are born, you are born into sin. And Jesus said you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. But when you're born and born into sin, you still have life. You still have energy. You still have, you know, and this life, this life force works actually against God. The flesh that gives you your desires and your, 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 your dreams, your hopes, your appetites. The Bible says it's contrary to God. Now, I'm only repeating Scripture. And if you want to know more about this, look back at part number two and, and, and part number one, okay? You can access the notes at ezsermons, ezsermons.com. Or you can also uh, go on to church online and you can, or on our website and you can watch uh, you know, our, our archived online uh, sermons. But in Romans, the seventh chapter, the Apostle Paul begins to explain this, this war that's going on in the inside of us. And remember, the book of Romans was written while the Apostle Paul was in the city of Corinth. He had been there perhaps 15, 17 months by this time. And he was surrounded by more sin than you can imagine. And he's watching what's going on. And he's having to deal with it on a daily basis as well. And the Apostle Paul is trying to get us to understand what's going on in our lives. That once you are born again, you still need to do some things. Number one, you need to crucify your flesh every day. Because the flesh that you were born, the sin you were born into, still wants to dominate your life. But sin shall have no more dominion over us, right? That's a, but that's a choice we make. Because today I can choose to sin. Do you know Jesus could have chosen to sin anytime he wanted to? It was a choice. He was tempted in every manner like I am, yet without sin. It was not that Jesus was unable to sin. It's that Jesus was able not to sin. Why? Because he was both son of man. He was 100% man because he was born of woman. But he was 100% God because he was born by the Spirit of God. So he was not born uh, like you and I are born. He was born like Adam and Eve was born, with a body and with a soul, but yet... With the Spirit of God. He, was, he didn't have to be born again. He was born with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was his Father. So he, he's the example of what Adam and Eve would have been, could have been, should have been. Hello. As children of God. And when you get born again, he's an example of what you should be. Because you are born of the Spirit of God. 
But yet the Bible says that when we, as long as we are in this body, I, we, we, we do groan. We are, we are hoping that one day we would be free from this flesh. And so the Apostle Paul is trying to explain something that he is experiencing because he was born a human in sin and then he was born again but yet while he's still in this body he's still contending with this flesh man he's still running a race with this with this human nature okay as opposed to god nature he's He's, he's having to fight. He's, he's having to crucify his flesh. He's having to renew his mind. And he's having to bring his body into subjection to the will of God and present his body a living sacrifice unto God, which is holy and acceptable unto God. That, 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 that you know, hello? Those are all good scriptures. You'll have to look them up. Okay. Or go back to the other message. Okay, Romans 7. Are you ready? Verse 21. I find then a law, reading from the New King James Version, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Hold on a second. I find a law, he says, that evil is right here with me. Yes. How many of you have recognized that no matter how much you love God, all you got to do is blink your eyes a couple of times and you can see another way? This is the Apostle Paul talking about himself. Look in verse 22. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. You know, on the inside, listen, I, I, I love the law of God. I delight in the law of God. I want to please God. I want to do what God wants. Uh, but, but, but I see, verse 23, another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. There's this dual dualistic war a battle going on are you are you catching a glimpse of what he's saying he said there's there, there's something there's a war going on inside of me that when i would do good evil is right there beside me i have a choice to make every day i can choose to hate or i can choose to love because i am in this world and i have a human nature that i could fall back on i know god tells me to love my enemies but let me tell you i am tempted to hate my enemies I am not always tempted to do good to those who persecute me. I am told to, and I would love to, and that's the person I want to be. The person I want to be is that person that Jesus is, but yet on the inside of me, sometimes there's something that rages, and I see this. He's a, and, and, and then he concludes here, uh, verse 24, Oh, wretched man that I am. Now he's talking about himself, the great apostle Paul. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? He doesn't leave us there, praise God. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, he says, with the mind... I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh. This word in the Greek, sarx, it's, 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 it's not talking about your body. 
okay it's not talking about the greek word soma it's not talking here about your physical body it's talking about that force that life that human nature so with the human nature with the god nature with the renewing of my mind i want to do what god wants me to but with that human nature still raging on the inside of me i i serve the law of sin wow with the flesh you see the flesh is always going to serve the law of sin hold your place right there and go with me over to Galatians chapter 5 for just a moment let me read a couple of verses with you the Apostle Paul writing to the churches in the region of Galatia on the same subject he says I say then Walk in the spirit, in the pneuma, in the breath, in the air of God, in the Holy Ghost. You walk in that new Holy Ghost that you have received when you got born again. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust, the desires, the appetites, the cravings of the flesh, of the sarks. You have to walk in the spirit, he said. You're going to have to walk in the spirit or else... The flesh is going to gain some control over your life. The flesh wants you to hate. It wants you to, uh, you know, you, you, you can read on down further and it tells you what all the works of the flesh are. To be jealous and to be envious and to divide and be divisive and to be cantankerous. <laughs> it's not written there just like that, but that's, believe me, that's there. Verse 17. For the flesh, for the sarkikos for the sarks, for the human nature of man, lust against the Spirit of God, against that new man. Your old man is warring. That's what that word lust means, to be warring and fighting and, and struggling and wrestling with. Your old nature will wrestle with you and will wrestle with the new nature that you have become in Christ. And he says, and the Spirit... That Holy Spirit in you, that that wants to do the will of God, will also wrestle with that human nature that wants to satisfy yourself. And these are contrary to one another. They are mirror reverse opposites of one another. They're not complementary, by the way. They're contrary. So that you do not do the things you wish. I don't know how many of you have ever had an experience of looking back on a moment or two and saying, oh my goodness, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I think that? Why did I want that? Why did I do that? What's wrong with me? Have you ever said to yourself, what's wrong with me? If you haven't, you may need to get born again. Uh, but why? What's wrong with me? Why did I do this? Why did I say that? Yeah. Well, it's because you were born with a human nature. And even though you are born again, the Apostle Paul says, you have entered into a war now, a war with that old nature whereby the spirit of the Antichrist is doing his best to surround you with every temptation possible like he did Jesus. And do you know when he could not get Jesus uh, to, to go for the temptation? The Bible says he left him for a season. 
until, another translation says, until a more opportune time. Do you know the devil is walking around, the spirit of the Antichrist is walking around looking for a way into your life, into your thoughts, into your mind, into your uh, you know, uh, life some way. And this flesh is a big door into your life. And he's looking to see if that door's open so that he can get in and convince you, deceive you. One of the worst things about being deceived is you don't know it. Hello? So are you deceived? Well, are you living the Word of God? What did Jesus say about what you're doing? Uh, you know, are you honoring your father and your mother? Well, you don't know my father and mother. Oh, 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 hold on. You're deceived. Your human nature is winning that battle. Oh, I can't bring myself to say anything about giving to the church right now. <laughs> that would be okay. Never mind. We'll move on. Uh, Oh, I better not say anything about submitting to your husbands either, should I? Loving your wives as Christ loved the church. Okay, I'll stay off of those things. Okay? Let's, let's move along. Back to, back to chapter 8 in Romans. Because Romans 7, he leaves us with a thought here that, that we're stuck in this war. But later on, Someone divided this up into chapter and verses. When the Apostle Paul wrote this, it was a letter. So let's imagine the letter continues from chapter 7 into chapter 8. And so he's saying that I'm a wretched man. Who in the world shall ever deliver me from this body of death? And, and I thank God uh, through Jesus Christ uh, with my mind, I serve the law of God. But, but, with, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. You know, and, and then he wrote to the Galatians, you know, a walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but these two are contrary to one another so that the very things I want to do are the very things I end up not doing and I don't do the things I really want to do. Oh, what can I do? Well, he tells us what to do. The first thing he wants you to know in, in, in verse 1 of chapter 8 is there is therefore now no condemnation. You see, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But John 3, 17 says that God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but rather that the world through Him might be saved. God did not leave us this word to condemn us. When you fall short of the glory of God, when you sin, when you trip up, when you say yes to temptation, or when your human nature just has some outburst of anger or wrath or sin, God wants you to know that He is not going to take this moment to condemn you, to criticize you, to reject you. He's going to take this moment to redeem you and to save you and to help you. I'm going to tell you, God is in the saving business. He's not in the vengeful. He's not after revenge. He's not trying to dangle you over the fires of hell. He's doing everything he can to deliver you from the temptation. You'll see in a moment why. If you were able to do it yourself, Jesus would have died in vain. There would have been no reason for him to send Jesus. On July the 4th, 1982, 
I had been fasting and praying, and I was in a trailer house that belonged to my dad, and, and, and I was playing on the keyboards, and I was singing a song that says, Within the veil I now come to look upon his face and see his matchless grace. And I was singing there and sitting on that little piano stool. There is such beauty there. None other can compare. I was just worshiping, and the song continues. I worship you, O Lord, within the veil. And as I was playing there and worshiping the Lord with that song, I felt the presence of God coming into that, in, 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 into that trailer through the kitchen. I don't know whether he was, you know, uh, trying to get me to stop my fasting or, or what. <laughs> he was just moving. I, and it, it, it was such an eerie feeling. It was such a spiritual moment. And were it not for the fact that I decided I would never be ashamed of it, that I would never draw back from it, that I would remember it, I would rehearse it, I would tell other people, if, if it were not for that commitment I made to him, I would never tell anybody because it even makes me sound silly and crazy to me. But I'm telling you, I saw a cloud of God rolling in from that kitchen as I was looking to my left. And it felt so eerie. It felt so spooky. I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to get up and run or if I wanted to. I didn't know what to do. But I felt the, 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 the presence. It was like a cool mist moving in. And I got off that piano still worshiping God. And I went over uh, to the doorway to that kitchen. And I fell down on my face and I began to cry out to God and worship Him and cry. And I don't know how long I was there. I was on my face, but I do know whenever a uh, Later, whenever I started to get off my knees, there was a pool of wetness where I had spit and sputtered and cried and out to God. And, and at some point, I became conscious of my cry to God. And I was crying over and over from, from my, from, from, from my deepermost inner being, I would, my, a guttural cry. And what I was saying, these same words over and over, bless your people, God. Oh, God, bless your people. Bless your people, God. And I remember, it may sound silly, but this is what I remember. I remember when I became conscious of me crying, bless your people. I thought to myself in another part of my brain somewhere, because my spirit was crying out, and I thought in my brain, well, I sure am glad I'm saying that instead of something else. You know, isn't that interesting? I sure am glad I'm asking God to bless his people instead of asking him for, you know, a Cadillac or a bigger house or something. I don't know. But that just was silly. But that's what came to my mind as I was hearing myself cry. Bless your people, God. Bless your people. Oh, God, bless your people. Oh, God, bless your people. And there for a little while as I was hearing myself, I heard a roaring, thundering voice an answer from heaven. Almighty God spoke to me. I will live and die with this declaration that I have heard the voice of God. And as he spoke to me, it thundered and it shook my inner being. I believe if you'd been outside, I don't know whether the Apostle Paul, like they said, they didn't see or hear anything or whatever, but something happened to me. I shook on the inside of me. Maybe that trailer was shaking too. I don't know. But the Spirit of God spoke to me as I said, bless your people, I had to shut up in his presence. And he said, I have blessed my people. He said, now you go and you teach them how to walk in my blessings.
And right there I received a commission from God. I am a teacher of the Word of God, and I can teach you how to walk in the blessings of God. I can tell you for certain and for sure that if you will walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, that the flesh wars against you, trying to bring you into captivity, trying to dominate you, and I can tell you how he's doing it. I know for certain that Jesus did not come to condemn me for my sin, but he came to save me from my sin. And every encounter I've ever had with him is an encouragement for me to be more like him. He said this, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, if you are born again, you are not born again under condemnation. You are born as a redeemed soul. All of a sudden you went from death unto life. And he says, those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the human nature. The first verse, chapter 8, Romans. Who do not walk according to the flesh. You cannot afford to walk according to the flesh. You cannot afford to walk according to the flesh. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You get born again. But also, you have to make sure that you do not walk according to the flesh, according to the old nature. You've been born again. You cannot walk according to the old nature, but rather according to the new nature, according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. What he was talking about in chapter 7, that there is a law I see, and I see another law, that when I would do good, evil is right there, so that I have difficult time doing what I should do. He said, but I'm telling you, if you will walk in the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life has made you free from the law of sin and death. For, for, for what the law could not do, for what the Ten Commandments and the Mosaic Law could not do in that it was weak because of your flesh, because of your human nature. God did what the law could not do because your sin was, was, was deep and your flesh was strong. Your human nature was strong and you could not be perfect and there's only one way to get into heaven, that's to be perfect. You can only be perfect if you have been perfected. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He sent Him to look like me. He sent Him to feel like I feel. He sent Him to be tempted like I'm tempted. He sent Him to, to have thoughts that I, that I have and wrestle with and struggle with. And though He was the Son of God, yet learned He obedience through the things that He suffered. And He was tempted in every manner like as I am, yet without sin. You see, what the law could not do and what I could not do because of my human nature God did by sending his son in my likeness in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh 
that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. Let me cut to the chase here. This word is going to simply tell us that the way to defeat the flesh is to not set your mind, not be mindful of fleshly things. Mindful. To fill your mind up with fleshly things. To fill your mind, be mindful, means to be interested in and entertained by. Do you know some people are so entertained by fleshly things that their mind is filled with fleshly things and so the temptations are so dadgum easy for the devil to make you trip and fall over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's because you filled your life with carnal things. How do you defeat the flesh? The righteous requirement, verse 4 says, of the law might be fulfilled in us, fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, that word carnally is the word flesh. It's the same Greek word. For to be carnally minded, fleshly minded, to be human nature minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You can never please God if you are getting up in the morning, going about your day, or going to bed at night thinking about carnal things. Fleshly things. Hatred. Read in Galatians what these fleshly things are. Divisions, anger, envy, jealousy, murderings, drunkenness, revelings, you know, carousing, just, just mind, you know, um, you're not going to be able to, 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 you know, search porn sites and not be successfully tempted by the devil. You're not going to be able to tell dirty jokes and not have that affect you, not fill your mind up with carnal things. You're not going to be able to, 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 to be carnally minded and live in life in peace. The wrestling that the Apostle Paul was doing in his life was he was surrounded just like Lot. Lot Though he was a righteous man, living in the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah, all of that unrighteous and filthy conversation, the Bible says, it vexed his soul. It confused his soul. It made his soul not, not even know what right and wrong was. You cannot just 
fill your mind up with all of the worldly things. You can't just go to bed angry at the Democrats or the Republicans and, and not have that anger consume you so that you get up filled with so many things that you hate and you're angry and you're frustrated and you're aggravated, you're irritated. You hate the person at work. You in, you're, you're frustrated with the person and, you know, cut them off in traffic. You know, that's not life in peace. That's not godliness. But if you are mindful of spiritual things, fill your mind. Come on, put on some praise and worship. When you get up in the morning, put on a worship song. Okay? Oh, come on, guys. I can teach you how. I can teach you how to walk in the blessings of God. I've been commissioned by God to teach you how to walk in the blessings. And it is to fill your mind up with spiritual things and stop letting carnal things fill your mind and control your day. Carnally. I'm not talking about work. I'm not talking about family. I'm not talking about job and dues. I am talking about what entertains you. Where do you go for your entertainment? Where do you go, what, what interests you? Now, not everything that is in the world is of the world, okay? But you know the difference between worldly things, carnal things, things that are feeding your flesh, you know, there, there, there's a song we used to sing years ago, you know, uh, um, if I feed my flesh, then my flesh will grow. If I feed my spirit, then my spirit will grow. Whatever you feed will surely, surely grow because you reap just what you sow. Feed your flesh, it'll grow. Okay? Sit around and tell six people why you don't like your supervisor and it'll get worse. Envy, jealousy, all these things, it, it just, it, it grows. Come on now, get a good confession under your belt. Decide that, that, that you're going to start listening to some different things. You're going to start reading some different things. You're going to start enjoying some different things. If you're not watchful, you'll end up cussing just like those people on TV. Come on now. I can teach you how to walk in the blessings of God. And a lot of it is just make sure if you're going to walk in the spirit that you're not walking in the flesh and that you're not walking just in the, in, 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 in the soulish realm of your mind, that you're renewing your mind with the Word of God. Get some Word of God intake. That's one of the reasons why every morning, just like this morning, just like yesterday morning, even on the airplane, you know, I, when I wake I go to the Word of God. Number one thing. Why? Because I need it, okay? Because I got this big old flesh guy I'm carrying around, Okay? I got a big old, old human nature here, and, 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 and boy, if I don't have the grace of God, Lord, help me. Well, some of you are looking like you don't know what I'm talking about. I can look out there and tell which one of y'all are just like me. I have to keep my spirit fed. You know, I get it. You know what? Every day when I get in the shower, do you know what? I, I, I take my phone into the shower with me every day. This morning, every day. I turn on the Word of God while I'm showering. I get to listen to the Word of God for an extra, you know, three minutes. No, an extra, <laughs> you know, 15 minutes. I, I listen to the Word of God while I'm showering. Or, and and, and if I, it, it gets to the Word that reminds me of something, I, I reach up with, with my wet hands and put on a song. I've heard same God, I bet you, 10,000 times, you know. Is that right, Brenda? What do you hear coming out of the bathroom every morning? Yeah, you, you hear anything but the Word of God or songs at worship ever? No? I mean, no. 
Never. Why? I need it. I need it. You need it. We need it. God has designed it to work. Fill your life up with spiritual things. It'll be life and peace. When someone asks you a question, think about your answer and see what the Word says and see if you can give them a scripture for why you're saying what you're saying. See if you can talk the Word of God to them. Fill your mind up with spiritual things. It'll be life and peace. That's how you defeat the flesh. That's how you defeat and shut the door to temptation is you stop opening the door to temptation. Okay? Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.